You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today we're talking St. Louis Cardinals. Friday, May the 28th, I am the St. Louis Cardinals mega fan and your host for the show, Lucas Smith. Thanks for tuning in today and every day you tune in. We have made it to yet another Friday. Uh, happy Friday, everybody, and we have another Cardinal win to talk about. Cardinals on a bit of a streak. I guess you wouldn't really call it a streak until you get three games in a row, but the Cardinals do have their second consecutive win. This one beating the Diamondbacks by the final of 5-4, to four, and this one got a little bit closer than I think uh, Cardinal Nation would have would have liked. Uh, dominated early, both on the offensive side and on the mound. Um, but what all, all that really matters at the end of the day is a W, and that is what the Cardinals had. Before I go any further, I want to tell you that we are brought to you today by Locked On, or excuse me, by the Locker Room, rather. Download the app and join me uh, whenever I go live to get in on the action. I was live on Wednesday after the Chicago White Sox game. Uh, so locker room changing the way we talk sports. So on the show today, I'll kind of break down the win and uh, preview the upcoming, the rest of the three games. I guess I should say against Arizona. But before I do any of that, talk about Martinez. How his final line wasn't really indicative of how good he was. But O'Neill's return, Yachty, Goldschmidt, all those guys, get into all that. Um, but I first want to kind of go on record here and say whether the Cardinals sweep, they take three out of four. Well, first of all, the Cardinals have to take a three out of four or sweep for this to be a successful series. Arizona is not a good baseball team. They've lost, I think, 11 in a row now um, with this loss last night. So they're anything but a good baseball team. And I've said this before on this podcast that if you're if you're thinking you're a great team, you've got to do two things. You've got to beat up and beat up and win convincingly against the bad teams and beat the other good teams, beat the other great teams. The Cardinals have not beat the other good teams because against teams with a record above 500, they are 7 and 12. The run differential is down to plus 4. And but what they have done is beat up on the teams that they need to beat up on. Like I said, Arizona is on an 11-game losing streak. They're 18-33. and 33. They are, based on their, their record, they have the lowest winning percentage in all, in all of the National League right now. Second lowest in all of majors, just, just ahead of Baltimore, who has 17 wins. So a sweep or a three-game, three out of four, needs to happen. But I will say this. If it does happen, is it going to be a positive? Absolutely. Absolutely, that's a positive. Any series win is a positive. Any sweep is a positive. No question about it. But it also isn't going to be for me a sign, okay, season's turning around. This team is now legit because they beat Arizona three out of four times. For me, this team and any team is going to be legit when they start beating above 500 teams, when they start beating other playoff teams a majority of the time, when they start taking series against teams like the White Sox, the Padres, uh, even the Cubs, maybe, or the Dodgers, who are coming up next week. When they start winning those series, that's when I will say, okay, this team is putting it all together right now. Because this team, even as it stands with the offensive struggles and with the injury depletions and you know the 
yeah, just those two things. This team right now still should beat Arizona because that this team is still far and away better than the Diamondbacks. But just again, this team as it stands right now in my mind is not a legitimate threat in October. So I will gladly take a three out of four, gladly take a sweep. But just because that happens does not mean this season is turned around. That gives them great momentum going into that Dodger series, which you know could be a pretty pivotal series starting on Memorial Day on Monday. But nevertheless, the Cardinals still won't really prove it to me that they are the real deal, that this is a legit team, or legit postseason... Con- I'm sorry, let's, let's put it this way. Legit pennant contender, because I think this is a legit postseason contender. This team, in my mind, still will win the division. Weaker NL Central, because I think this team is going to get healthier. This team is going to get better. But they got to start beating teams that are above 500 for me to really have confidence once they get to October. So we'll see how it goes. And a big part of that for the Cardinals is the pitching. When they pitch well, they win. It's a pretty simple formula. Last night, they pitched well, for the most part, and they won. And it all starts with the starter. And let's get into it. Yesterday, they started with Carlos Martinez, and he delivered, looking at his stuff and looking at all all of that nature, probably one of the better starts of his career. And granted, the Arizona Diamondbacks are not a good offensive team. I've said that. I probably beat the horse dead on there. But still, a good start. I'm not trying to take it. Just because it's a bad team doesn't mean the results don't matter. Martinez has not been a guy to strike out a lot of people. He had six punch outs in the first three innings and then two sub-10 pitch innings in the fourth and fifth. and six, Or in the fifth and sixth, rather. And he had six innings of no-hit baseball. This was a dominating start from Carlos Martinez. Just absolutely filthy. He has had a it's a second really good start. His third start and his last four starts overall, the one bad start being the start before the IL. Really liked what I saw from Carlos. I thought his slider was really good. I thought his fastball had some late tail to it. His little cutter that he throws was sharp. Had a nasty changeup. What really threw me that he was going to have a good game was the nasty backdoor slider he threw to Cattell Marte in the first inning. I mean, that Marte had no shot at that. And Martinez really, really pitched remarkably well. And then he lost a no-hitter in the seventh inning. Gave up three straight hits before he ended up being pulled. And you know who, you know who we have to blame? We have to blame Katie Wu, Derek Gold. They tweeted out that he had a no-hitter. It's their fault. It's the announcer's curse. It's the Twitter curse. The jinx, as they say. I'm a baseball god, superstitious guy. I get that. That's I've never understood that one. But it's fun. Maybe no one's taking it. Maybe they're just joking. Who knows? But nevertheless, he did lose the no-hitter. He had two, two singles and then a double, ground rule double. And after that ground rule double, or fan interference, I guess I should say, Martinez was taken out. But Martinez is a guy that that's that's kind of a, that that is, in my opinion, a wild card. Because if he's going to pitch like this, like he has his last two starts and the start before he tweaked his ankle, um, so two starts before the IL stint, then that's 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 solid. That 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 would be a big boost to this Cardinal team. At the same time, you got to ask yourself. You know, can the Cardinals really depend on Martinez? And I'm sure a lot of you right now are screaming in your car or at your during your workout. I'm sure you're screaming no because he hasn't been dependable in the last handful of years. And I agree, he has not been dependable in the last handful of years. I'll also argue that 
he's worked through some injuries here and there, some, some arm injuries here and there. He's hasn't really had a healthy offseason in a while. He, he hasn't really been, I don't think he was ever truly comfortable in the closer's role. I know he said that he had fun with it while he was there a couple different times, but I don't think that's ever a role that he loved doing. Truly, like, past, you know, I think he was okay with it for a short time, I guess is what I should say. So now I think that he's back as a starter, healthy. Again, the one injury that he was put in the IL for was a, you know, a little fluke ankle, you know, rolling over the ankle. He had a healthy offseason, pitched well in the Winter League, pitched well near the end of spring training. So I think this is going to be a really solid year for Martinez. I really believe that. I think Carlos, you know, I think he's locked in right now. I think that he could really provide some some big innings for St. Louis, um, you know, to a team that really hasn't gotten a lot of length out of the bottom part of their rotation in Kim and Gantt. So I think Martinez can really provide that. Then beyond Martinez today, the pitching was either shaky or l- shut you down. No questions asked. Fantastic. So I'll get into the, the, the bullpen. Bullpen work here in just a moment. Once again, Martinez is a guy, you know, if he, if he was struggling, maybe you think about putting him back to the bullpen, maybe use him as a trade piece. But right now, Martinez is going to make it very difficult if you want to pull him out because he's pitching really, really well. So I'll break down the bullpen, the offense, and give uh, some, some more thoughts. So bullpen talk, offense talk, all that and more uh, coming up here in just a moment. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Research and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created a nicotine with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. They also have a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in cherry, ice, citrus, and mint. Both lozenges and gums are FSA and HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA cards to purchase Lucy now. It's 2021. Let's get rid of our cigarettes, unplug your vape, and throw out your dip. Get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is a real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month, so it's simple and you don't have to leave your house. Locked on MLB Network listeners, you go to lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONMLB to get 20% off all products on your first order, including... Gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co. Use promo code locked on MLB at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning. This product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co. Be sure to use that promo code locked on MLB. The big three of the bullpen this year... I've been called, or at least I've called them the big three for a reason. Genesis Cabrera, Giovanni Gallegos, and Alex Reyes. They lived up to that name on Wednesday. All filthy, all dominant, no questions asked. Yesterday, a little bit more shaky. We'll go in chronological order. Genesis Cabrera comes in, gives up a double. Both of his inherited runners come around to score. Um, and that, that's something the, the Cardinals traditionally this year have been really good at, not letting those inherited runners score. Cabrera just didn't really have it. He walked one. Um, so, I mean, his scoreless inning streak continues, as Dan McLaughlin talked about on the broadcast. Uh, but he did allow both of his inherited runners to score. So, you bring in Ryan Helsley. Too early to bring in Gallegos there. I love the Helsley move. And the Helsley move paid off big time for Mike Schilt. Holy cow, is Helsley filthy. 
You know, you got to, you know, the, the pinch hit. You, Carson Kelly comes up to the plate, one of the better hitters, probably the best hitter in the Diamondback lineup this year. I mean, he is putting up just ridiculous numbers. Um, the former Cardinal, he's hitting 311. His OPS is above 1,000. Six home runs and 90 at bats, drove in 19 on base of 458. Dude's been ridiculous. So you think, oh no, are the Dimex going to take the lead here? And Helsley says, no way. As Derek Gould liked to put out, so the post-St. Louis Post-Dispatch, a Houdini act uh, that has now swept the rest of Cardinal Twitter, but a Houdini act by uh, Mr. Helsley strikes out Carson Kelly to get get the first out. And you think, okay, one pitch away type of thing. But then he says, no, I'm going to use... Uh, I'm going to use six pitches, strike out Andrew Young, and then I'm going to get Josh Rojas to ground out on the first pitch he sees. I really like Helsley. I think Helsley ha- has run into some bad luck. You know, his stuff doesn't necessarily move a lot, but I do think it's a it's a lively stuff. I think his fastball, his cutter moves just enough that when he's able to locate it well, he's effective. And we saw that tonight, or last night rather, on Thursday. Helsley really saved this bullpen. Because outside of those big three that I mentioned, the Cardinals really haven't had a reliable bullpen. Webb, Miller, who's hurt. Uh, even Potts has had his struggles in the past. Uh, Whitley struggles. Fernandez has been struggling, although he had a scoreless outing three nights ago in Chicago. But it's really been hit or major miss for a lot of these guys. So it was nice to see somebody not named Cabrera, Gallegos, or Reyes step up and make pitches and get outs. Helsley exited after his one inning of work, and Gallegos came in, and he was a strike away from getting out of the inning without allowing a run score before he gave up his lone run. And SDL Coronation on Twitter agreed with me, and he he tweeted out, and I agreed with him, I guess I should say, agreed with them, that you know the, the 0-2 pitch that he gave up the, the hit on, or I guess it was it was a two-strike pitch that he gave up the hit on. No, it was 0-2 to, to, to Pavin Smith. Got two strikes, one both on sliders, and then he left the fastball. It was up. It was uh, it was a ball, so it was above the strike zone. Wasn't up enough. Smith doubled to the um, to left center field. Run scored. I would like to see a fastball get up, up, up out of the zone, which is exactly what Helsley did, or not Helsley, what Gallegos did to end the inning, to end the bottom half of the eighth. He threw a fastball elevated to Josh Reddick, um, and when I say elevated, I mean elevated. But with Gallegos, his slider is nearly unhittable. So I've never really understood that when when you have two strikes, and again, you can't be predictable, um, but more, to- more times than not, I think Gallegos should go with his slider. Because that pitch is, again, there's, there's really little other ways to say it other than it just being straight up filthy and borderline unhittable. His slider is so unique and just got such late break and late downward break, too, that it, it's really hard to pick that thing up. I mean, according to Baseball Savant, as I said to record this late Thursday evening after the game, it's early Friday morning, I guess. In 2021, batters are just hitting a buck 56 off of it, slugging just 200. He's got 19 punch outs on that slider. Last year, opponents hit 071 off of it in 116 times throwing it. Um, struck out 15 batters. So it's an out pitch form. It's 32% of the time this year, it's a put-away pitch for Gallegos. So I wasn't really thrilled with that two-strike call from Yachty there. And again, not trying to bat. I'm going to talk about Yachty in just a moment. 
But just to finish up the the thought on the pitching, even Alex Reyes kind of had a uh, you know it's never never an Alex Reyes uh, outing without a little bit of drama. But got first two outs, then he walked a man. He stole second on Yachty. He, he looked a little shaky. Did Reyes? He he was the only one to to get a scoreless inning in, or to not allow a run in that inning. I guess I should say. But um, once Gallegos gave up the run, uh, I understand why they pulled him out. But I would have liked to see Gallegos go two. Because now you could argue that Cabrera could go today. Um, Cabrera only throwing um, 10 pitches after 17 it was yesterday. Or, I'm sorry, 17 on Wednesday. So you could maybe see Cabrera today on Friday. But I would be more more, uh, comfortable betting that you're not going to see any of the big three. So I would have liked to see Gallegos go two for that reason. um, And to save Reyes... And, and Cabrera rather than just maybe Cabrera. Uh, but if if we see Cabrera today, we're probably not going to see him the rest of the series. So it's a hard thing to manage, and especially it's especially hard to manage when the rest of the bullpen doesn't step up, which is why I was happy that the rest of the bullpen did step up in Ponce de Leon and Ryan Helsley tonight, or Thursday night, excuse me. So Yachty, but, you know, I'm going to talk about Yachty here before I end this segment and give my final thoughts on pitching that offense and then preview today's matchup. You know, Yachty just seems to having a, a lot more balls get by him than in years past. And, you know, I'm not trying, you know, I know that he seems like a guy that gets, people don't like to criticize him. People don't like to go out go out and criticize Yachty. And I'm not trying to say Yachty's lazy, but I am trying to say that maybe Yachty might be losing his touch a little bit behind the plate. Um, I still think there's nobody that can handle a pitching staff like him. Um... But, but, I mean, you look at it, I, I just feel like he, he's let a lot more balls get by him, a lot more wild pitches uh, um, while he's been catching than in years past. And, you know, maybe maybe the, maybe that's just me, maybe overthinking it, but I did feel like he let a couple balls slip by uh, that he normally normally doesn't. Uh, maybe he's, maybe just one of those days that he was just a little bit off, and, and that does happen. But uh, recap on the pitching, like I mentioned, to, to kind of segue here, I, I was happy with it. It's hard not to be, especially with, with Helsley. Without Helsley giving us giving the Cardinals that performance, they don't win that game. Helsley was a key contributor in the win on Thursday, and um, the rest of the bullpen was able to, for the most part, get the job done and help Martinez. It was really unfortunate that Martinez didn't get a win because he really deserved one. He was phenomenal for six plus innings tonight. He himself only allowed one run to score, and then his two runners that he was responsible came around to score. But really happy with what the pitching gave the Cardinals today, um, particularly with Martinez. It was good to see him get another straight good start and a good start on the road. We'll see if he can continue that in this next start. So talking about some offense, talking about some Tyler O'Neill, about Yadier Molina offensively, give Yadi some praise here coming up in the final segment of today's show. Investing can be complicated whether you are a beginner or you've been investing for years. I've got a way to make it easier. And that way is by using Wealthfront. They have the right tools for every portfolio. They can help you create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized for you in a matter of minutes. No more manual trades. No more picking stocks or watching the stock market each and every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. 
All you need is $500 to get started. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets overall, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on. Be grow your wealth the easy way. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB. That's W E A L T H F R O N T dot com slash locked on B to start growing your savings. Wealthfront.com slash locked on B, locked on MLB. Go there and get started today. The best protein bar in the business? What is it, you might ask? Well, I might tell you that it is Built Bar. They have nine delicious flavors, plus the limited time flavor every once in a while. And we're all passionate about our favorite Built Bar flavors. Let me know what your favorite is. Email the show, LockedOnCards at gmail.com. My favorite of these nine is double chocolate. And if you don't know them, here they are. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, something for everyone. You can get a mixed box to get two of each of the nine flavors if you haven't tried it yet. They're all covered 100% in chocolate, delicious chocolate, but they're still healthy. Most flavors have just 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. Be sure to order today. You can order by going to BuiltBar.com. And because you're a lovely listener, you can enter the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. The offense did just enough to win yesterday. And that was in large part to... Tyler O'Neill, who had a home run in the top half of the second inning, that was an absolute mammoth blast. It ended up being 451 feet to pretty much dead center, but just to the left of center. And it first was put at 416. It seemed a, uh, a little, little shallow. They talked about that on the broadcast. Um, they talked about it for a while, but they ended up uh, changing it to 451. Statcast did, and uh, rightfully so, because that ball was murdered by Tyler O'Neill, And, you know, I noticed it tonight. I don't know if it's every night, but Jim Evans just seems to, to talk a lot on the broadcast. It isn't, uh, he's very knowledgeable. I think that he'd be a great coach, uh, but I just feel like sometimes he tries to get all that knowledge out super quickly when uh, I feel like he could let the game come to him a little bit more. But I'm not going to criticize the broadcaster. Let's just talk some Cardinal baseball. It was really good to see O'Neill back. It was really, really good um, to see him not only come back, but come back with a vengeance, with an absolute towering blast. We, we've known it since the, the Cardinals first acquired him from Seattle on the Marco Gonzalez trade. This dude's got some pop. He's got absolute pop. I think he's a better version of Randall Gritchick, although Randall Gritchick has put up some nice numbers in Toronto. I think that O'Neill has just been able to do it with St. Louis, you know, to put it simple, and he's able, been able to do it earlier in his career than Gritchick was able to. Um, just kind of put it all together. You know, O'Neill doesn't need to hit 270, 280. Doesn't even really need to hit 260. Needs to hit about 250 and hit 25 to 30 home runs. And right now he's hitting 248 and on pace to hit 25, 30 home runs. So that works out nicely. If he can just stay healthy, stay on the field, help the Cardinals out, that would be really nice. Because right now, you know, he needs, needs to stay healthy, in my opinion, for his career. <laughs> and also, it would be nice if the Cardinals. Excuse me, as my mic was messing up there. Um, the Cardinals to stay healthy in the outfield, anyways, because they could use the help. And you know, it, it's good to see somebody come back and kind of pick up where they left off because O'Neill was really swinging it when he left. Beyond O'Neill, the RBIs came from Arenado and 
Goldschmidt and Molina uh, with uh, the five RBIs, two for O'Neill, one for one apiece for Goldie, Arnado, and uh, Molina. Good to see Goldschmidt get going here uh, just a touch. You know, he, he legged out a, a, a double, which is what he got an extra base hit for, so slugging went up. Just seems to be in, in a bit of a rut. I know I said that last time, and it kind of proven to be false, but it just seems like he, he's not hitting very well, and, you know, he's not hitting terribly. He's seven for his last 26. To me, the power is just not there. 16 for his last 58. So, again, not terrible numbers, but not Paul Goldschmidt-like numbers. The on-base isn't really that high. Slugging isn't where you'd like it to be in the last week and a half or so. So it was nice to see him at least get a double in the book. It wasn't a rocket per se, but at least it was a double in the book and for him to get on base and, if anything, just to get the psyche right just a little bit. And same thing with Arenado. You know, I feel like he's kind of cooled off a little bit as well. He was two for five yesterday, which was really nice. Um, but you know, in the, his last seven games, he's six for twenty-eight, which is a two-fourteen average. Um, so it's really been the last week for him that he struggled because uh, his last fifteen games overall, he's hitting three eleven with four home runs. So it's just the last seven games, uh, last week or so. It seems like overall to me, and again, I, I haven't looked this up as my microphone messes up again. Beg your pardon for that. Um, it just seems like. The Cardinals are popping the ball up and not driving it very well. Um, and then again, that could just be one of, one of those stretches that you get into as a as a baseball player. But it just seems seems that way. I was at the game on Wednesday. I just felt they were popping the ball up a lot. And again, that some of that had to do with with who was in the lineup. But um, offensively, you know, there there isn't a whole lot to complain about um, for the Cardinals side. Yes, they struck out eleven times. Would like to see that get a little bit lower. Uh, they only walked twice, but. You know, Sosa and Williams went 0 for 4, so 7 through 9, again, not really performing. And again, the, the 9 today was a pitcher, but Williams struck out three times, or struck out once for the left three runners on base, and it just seems that he's going to either roll over or strike out. And I think that he's got good potential, but he's just not the answer in right field. And, you know, not that they can put anybody else in there right now. It's just a matter of who do you want making it out, Lane Thomas or Justin Williams. That, that's really what it comes down to right now in the corner spots because neither one of them are really hitting right now. I think long-term, I would rather have Williams. I think when Bader comes back, I really want Williams to stay on this team because, uh, again, I think long-term, at least for for the, the season, I think Williams can provide a little bit better um, bat off the bench than Lane Thomas can. And, you know, both of them play pretty good defense. Williams probably has the better arm, but... Um, yeah, the, another area of concern, real quick before I wrap it up, is Dylan Carlson. He had an 0 for yesterday going 0 for 4. Did walk once, which was nice to see, but he's also tapered off mightily. Last 15 games, he's 13 of 53, which is a 245 average, just 4 RBIs, 10 walks, and 15 strikeouts. So 10 walks is pretty good. Last 27 at-bats, he's got 6 hits, which is 222 average. Uh, an on-base of just 290. He's walked just 3 times. So I I don't know if he, you know, once he stopped getting power happy, then he's just, you know, lost his mojo a little bit or what, but hasn't hit a home run since April, since he had the right-handed home run uh, in Miami. Um, Just still got three on the year. So I don't know. He just doesn't seem like he's really driving the ball as well. And, you know, I mentioned this um, on some podcast recently that it seems like the league has adjusted to him. Now is he going to adjust back to the league? So, Good win for St. Louis. Quickly talk about the game coming up today. It's another late start, 840 scheduled first pitch, 840 Central, as uh, 
Johan Oviedo takes the mound against Madison Bumgardner. These next two games are going to be big question marks for me, and only because of who's on the mound. Oviedo tonight, because he's Oviedo, he really hasn't had a good outing since his relief putting in his debut season debut against Milwaukee, and tomorrow because of Adam Wainwright. I don't tend to bet against Adam Wainwright, but Adam Wainwright on the road this year in particular has been really, really bad. So these next two are going to be critical for the offense to come out. Tomorrow is going to be really difficult with Madison Bumgarner getting the ball according to um, MLB.com. Struggling in his last start, but really good at Chase Field this year. 2-2-5 ERA and seven starts at Arizona for Bumgarner. So going to be a tough day for the Cardinal offense. When you look at Cardinals against Bumgarner, um, a little bit of history there. Eric Nolan Arenado uh, sitting 286 and 35 at-bats. Carpenter's one for three. Edmund is three for five. Paul Goldschmidt, 387 and 31 at-bats. Yadier Molina's two for nine. And O'Neal's 0 for two. So a little bit of history with Arenado and Goldschmidt. We'll see what the Cardinals do. I think they got to get Bumgarner early. That'll be the key. So big win for St. Louis. I really think that, you know, like I said, they really need to take three out of four. But that does not mean that uh, this season is fixed or back on track. They need to get three out of four to get momentum into the Dodgers series. Uh, but don't don't overlook this Arizona Diamondbacks series at all. You know, they still need to go out there and take care of business. So uh, that'll do it for me. Follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram, LO underscore Cardinals. Email the show at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. And until I talk to you again, which will be Monday, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic day.